This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Rumya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. We can open the gateway to your weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, we do this always, every Friday on the program. Rumya Muthan is at the studio in Toronto. Kelly McDonald at the home studio, London, Ontario, with the Christmas tree over my left shoulder. Nice. A little snow outside there falling past the window. And on the right side, we've got the fireplace and the chair to curl up in, as the old friendly giant used to say on his show. Um, Rum, question for you. Yeah. If you, off the top of your head, can come up with it, and if you need me to take a pause and go first, mm. um, what do you think the greatest Christmas gift you've ever received? <gasps> oh, this is such a good question. I wish I could think of what the answer would be. And I'll okay, give you an okay. example. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll mm. jump first here just because mine isn't the most expensive. Okay. Isn't the great? I mean, uh, well, maybe it was. I don't know. My brother got me once. A portable stereo system. Now, you got to remember, back in the day when I was at W. Ross, these things were huge, right? You know, they were big. You carried them anyway. They took 8D batteries, just to give you an idea of the power this monster took. It was a brand called Kendall. I absolutely loved it. I could do stereo wide with it, all these cool things. It sounded amazing. Had two antennas for picking up great FM signals and being able to move it around. But it often had to go in the shop. Little things would happen with the cassette decks, and Mm. it was just a bit of a nightmare that way. I had this thing for uh, several years, and I gave it to my my other brother. And he took it and would take it to the construction sites, and I told him, this thing has been a problem. He was working construction, and it lasted years for him. Never had to take it anywhere to get fixed. And you got to remember, it's sitting out on a dusty construction site in the sun, in the cold, and that thing lasted years until a wall fell on it. Oh, What? And it was done. But I couldn't believe it. I have had that happen with other things that I've got. I've set it aside and said, hey, or donated it to someone and said, listen, I'm just giving it to you because it may or may not die or, you know, Uh but if you have any use for this, take it. And the thing, oh, yeah, six years later, you know, that thing you gave me still works quite fine. I would love to replace it with another one one day. Brilliant old So how about you? Okay. How about you? Yeah. I one thing that your story reminded me of is the um, brick that I had, the Nokia N95. That was my phone for like oh, yes. two years. Two I years. I had one of them. It was awesome, right? You slide up. You could still text using like uh, actual tactile number pads. And I, at that time, it was a really brilliant camera, two megapixels or whatever it was. Anyway, um, this thing got busted. Uh, oh, long story, oh. but on the way home from. Um, one of my trips to Philadelphia for medical stuff, it was stolen, then returned, but then the guy had cracked the screen and the back was off. Anyways, blah, blah. The point is, I thought this phone was gone and I was at a period where I had no phone for a couple of weeks, close to a month. And then on Christmas Day, my mom get, had gotten the thing repaired. So it was the same phone. It was the same yep. phone. She had gotten it repaired, yep. got a new uh, back on it, so I didn't duct tape it, which was awful. God, okay. <laughs> and uh, had gifted me that for Christmas Day. And, like, she got us other gifts and such as well. But I just remember it. she had kept this, and she was grinning from ear to ear because she was so happy because she knew that I loved the phone. Yes. And it was miserable without it for weeks. And I thought it was just the sweetest, 
most sentimental thing. And uh, she waited till Christmas Day to give it to me. I was like, when did you get it done? She's like, weeks ago. But I wanted to gift it to you on Christmas. Like, what the, the right hell? Day. Did you have talks on that thing? Yes. Because I think you could get oh, talks for it, right? The OG yeah. screen reader. I know. Yeah, yeah. The original ad for uh, too much money to make a phone a $700 plus <laughs> it phone. It sounded pretty good, though. I know. And it's what got us started and got people thinking of accessibility on a cell phone. Yeah. Let's see what's coming up today on our program, folks. Google will give us more. Well, they're introducing new features to give you more control over location data. John Beeler will have those details shortly on the app update. Also, the largest contract ever signed in North American professional sports was signed last week. So Brock Richardson's going to give us the details. Oh, boy, that had the buzz, didn't it, folks? And there's a partnership, a new one between uh, Greenscape Media and Neneo Clinic to bring more books to audio. Ryan Huey will fill us in on the chatty bookshelf in hour two. I'm going to jump over the sports. We're going all over the place today, folks. The NFL has received its best grade in years for its diversity hiring. The National Football League continues to make incremental widespread progress in its diversity hiring practices. Thursday's report card from the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sport at Central Florida gave the NFL an overall grade of B+, the highest mark for the league since the study began in 1988. The league received a B-plus mark for racial hiring and a B for gender hiring. There are still a few areas of concern, particularly in the ownership ranks, but Institute Director Adrian Boucher said Thursday that the report is largely good news. I'm Gethin Coolbaugh. I love to hear this stuff from you because I think when you talk about a resistant industry, mm-hmm. um, you have male-dominated sports because they're major league sports, male major league sports, but you get ladies working. And, you know, okay, I've understand that you'll have ladies working in the front offices, selling tickets and things like that. But we're talking when you get into coaching, when you're one of the coaches for a team, when you're giving those supports because your history is, whether it's an athlete in the sport or coaching at some point, why can't you transition and coach males if you've traditionally been coaching young kids or or females or whatever, and you're a, a female, a person of color? I know that lots of people of color um, interview for these jobs for the NFL, and there was a few years back where we were hearing how many of them would speak out that the reason I'm not getting it, I'm great enough to play in the league, that's okay with them, but to be a head coach, mm-mm. Yeah. So we need to see this stuff changing. And you do see it different in different sports, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball, which gets lots of kudos. And I think a lot of that is, hey, man, they're the ones with a male league and a female league. And we have that representation. So to understand that, hey, man, it doesn't matter. This lady knows the sport better and is the best candidate. That's what I really like to see. I guess the stories as well are really interesting to hear about people's individual journeys into NFL, uh, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes even the resistance. I'm thinking of like, um, uh, what's his name, Colin Kaepernick, when he was talking about different things around just trying to choose between different sports and what that meant for a, a black athlete at the time. Um, also, right. you know, Things like beyond uh, the playing field, is is that what it's called? Like level playing field and beyond the field, sorry. Um, Where people are just like, hey, yeah, this is the sport. This is me in athleticism. But also, here's what I go through. Here's what I have been through. And that 
reflection of what it means to be in that sport now based on the entire journey of what you'd have to navigate the hoops you have to jump through sometimes but definitely the obstacles uh, that come along with the representation of you in that sport so hearing the stories yeah. is very very pinnacle for just us understanding the sport overall and you know now we have the report cards and the things that say mm -hmm. yeah the sport's doing great but let's ask the individuals and they'll tell us Here's where we still need to get better, and there'll always be yeah, a get better, as we know. When you think about these disabled athletes, for example, that are just saying, man, I work just as hard as anyone else. Mm -hmm. Folks, we'll step aside for a couple of moments. In a second, gardener Susan Kearney joins us, and she'll be prepping us for getting plants and flowers gifted to us over the holidays. That conversation next. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Always giving Ramya the gears about, you know, missing those days. Anything where you and everything. Oh. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Truthfully. Uh, those two weeks off at Christmas when she was a student. The spring break in, Mar in March or whenever the heck it is. <sighs> and of course this? the two months in the summertime. Well, I'm doing it because I do want to know when you have to work on Friday afternoons. Uh -huh. Because we have this afternoon show, which means you can sleep in, you can do more functioning, get everything ready before the show, as opposed True. to doing the poor gang at the morning show. They got to get in early and then work to do after the show. You can just, bye, and yeah. you're gone yeah, yeah, after yeah. the show. On Fridays, does it make it worse, or do you kind of roll it off and say, yeah, but look what I get the rest of the week? I think because our Friday shows are what they are, we've actually, you know, plugged in fun into the core of the show. I actually really, really enjoy our Friday shows, and I love showing up for them. But you're right, though. Generically, Friday shows are kind of the ones that you wish that you could skip out on. Not shows, but Fridays in general for work, for us, because we're the afternoon show, and then probably Monday mornings for the morning show. And all the people that try to sneak out early on a Friday. Yeah, especially as you not get, our you know, team, though. I gotta go to shopping. We bond showing up here together, guys. So nice. Uh, and I'm just going to correct you on one thing what? about the show, about the way we've structured it. You mean the way we've planted the show ah, and it's grown. Very good. And is harvested yes. into a wonderful Friday product, starting with Gardening with Susan Kearney. Hello, I'm Susan Kearney. Join me on Kelly and Ramya for the joy of gardening by using touch, taste, scent, and sound. You like what I did there, Sue? Having a little fun, yeah, right, with good. the words? <laughs> Not bad, right? You didn't yeah, know that was coming. Neither did Ramya. Ramya's sitting there. <laughs> what the heck's this clown I'm searching do for now? a word, but this was good, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Sue's, <very> uh, <laughs> Sue's here to get us prepped, ladies and gentlemen, for getting plants and flowers gifted to us over the holiday. And Sue, I, I got to think there's so many people who do get stuff at this time of the year to start them off. Maybe they've, you know, they were in a yeah. new apartment or something and they're thinking, what would beautify this better? Well, here you go. Try this. And it's mm -hmm. used to be the thing you did for people, isn't it? Especially in a new place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and some flowers with a, with a bottle of wine or some chocolate. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good gift. And, and uh, yeah, so this time of year, um, uh, again, the florists are very busy, or you can, you know, pick up a, a pick up a plant. I'll start with a few of, of, of course. There's always the Christmas ones, and that's the uh, the poinsettia, 
And um, the, the point said it doesn't necessarily have to come in red. Uh, it, it will come in pink and also in white. So we, you don't necessarily even need to make it uh, like a Christmassy thing, but um, it's, it, it's, it's a nice plant. It has its drawbacks because it is toxic to animals. Yes. If, if um, I'm gifted one, I usually put it up high so my dogs can't get near it, and, that, and I always put something underneath it so if the leaves drop, uh, then um, the the dogs don't pick them up. I'm, I'm very nervous of the of the, uh, the dogs getting in into the point set, and I usually always get one or two, so they have to go some some place. And what is nice about the poinsettia, even though they're planted in soil, um, it does not need to be in a uh, bright window. In fact, they prefer uh, a little bit of shade. Um, so they don't have to be in a bright window, and they um, they like a cooler spot in the house. So that's and it also is one of those odd plants that I'm finding out about that actually like 15 hours of darkness. So that's, wow. uh, those are the pluses. Oh, it's interesting how much it's become that Christmassy plant, and maybe without people realizing, because it's well, you don't have to do a lot with it in, in certain care, other than as we know, the protect for animals. It's it's kind of that neat one to give. You know, I was thinking of Bill Shackleton here because if you brought him a poinsettia and a bottle of wine, he'd say, "Well, well, Susan, I think the plant's better with you. I'll just keep this bottle of wine." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What do you want to move on to next, Suze, as I pick on Billy? Okay. <laughs> as usual. I, I think the, the next one that, that I really like is, is the December flower. And uh, this, is, this is actually, uh, I guess, the December birth flower. And this is the Narcissus. And, and I really like them. They're a bulb. And you can get them um, either planted in soil or on uh, like a like a gravel uh, in, in like little stones, and they're very pretty. Uh, they will bloom. Uh, in fact, they they will blossom through January. Uh, they're 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 love. They have a lovely soft scent, and they're not necessarily Christmassy, but they are definitely. Um, the December uh, flower. So oh, we'll take anything that blooms nice... in the winter, right, Susan? Like, you know, so yeah. generally we think, oh, everything is asleep for the winter and dormant. Mm-hmm. But then when you bring up all of these uh, lovely plants and flowers that we could think yeah. about in this way. Also, how mm-hmm. do you say the name of this plant? It's a hoot trying to Google it and then um, finding narcissist come up every time. <laughs> Narcissus. Okay. Narcissus. The, the full name of it is is paper um, paper narcissus, and oh. I think it's called that because it's um like the uh, the, the bulbs are very um, they've they've got like a like an onion wrapping on them. Oh, um, that's that's that sounds yeah. nice for texture. Okay. Nice and thin, right? Too like that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's the narcissus, and and I I like them, and just a lovely little a little pot of them uh, will 
cheer any little corner up in the house. Do they have long uh, stems, it? Susan, or are they short no. flowers? No, okay. they're They'd fairly short. short. They? They're, they're not, yeah, they, they are fairly short, so that, that they're, they're, easy to, they're easy to keep, um, you know, a little bit of water, and if they're in stones, um, of course, then you can take them out, and you can actually put them into the garden the next year, so uh, nice. that, that's, that, that's another bonus of them. Mm. Wow, wow, that's good. Suze, do people expect you to give? Like, is this, because I, I, I'm, again, I said this used to be the way. People would bring something over, a plant mm -hmm. or something, but I don't know how much that's lost now or how much in a case like someone who, oh, Susan, do you tend to give a lot? I'm, it sounds like you get a reasonable amount given to you at this time of the year. Um, actually, I, I tend to I, I, I tend to give plants um, at this time of year, and I, I tend to, actually get plants uh, for, for myself uh, th this time of year, too. I, I always like to decorate with, with plants, something unusual. I mean, there's tons of plants all over my house, but I, I will add in some of the um, more um, celebration um, plants of, of the season. So, you know, usually a poinsettia, I usually get one um, as a gift. And um, then um, my next one is holly. And I like to have holly. I do not grow it. I do not grow it in my garden. Um, but I always like to get cut holly. And I always have it on a dish um, on a table. Mm. And this, um, to, to me, this is very much also a December plant. Uh, it, um, if people um, celebrate the solstice, it is one of the plants that um, are put um, on the table or on a, a mantelpiece for uh, for the solstice to celebrate the solstice and it is an evergreen um, that actually has berries on it it's it's a lovely it, it's a lovely plant now years ago you used to be able to buy um, it quite often around this time of year I have not um, actually found a lot of it lately. But um, when I do find it, I get some and I do decorate it, decorate with it. Uh, one thing also, the drawback of, of this particular lovely evergreen is uh, the berries are toxic. So once again, it has to be where um, the, the, they won't fall off. Uh, Good heavens, Merry Christmas. Poinsettias and holly. Holy cow. <laughs> Here, have some more deadly yeah, they, gifts here. <laughs> <laughs> but we just have to protect the animals, and yeah. we can't. And we, we, you know, we can keep the those kinds of things away. I mean, my my dogs no longer eat a lot of that sort of thing. But if it falls on the floor, I would suspect that they might eat it up. But right. uh, I'm I'm trying to be really careful um, with that kind of thing. The the next one I'd like to go into the cut flowers because. If, if you're going to some place, uh, you know, for for dinner, it's uh, or it's it's nice, you know, the flowers, a bottle of wine, some chocolates, and my choice of uh, flowers for this time of year are carnations. They're long lasting. They come in m many many different colors. You don't have nice. to stick with the red and the white or the candy cane striped ones. They have, they do have those. Um, that uh, for, for Christmas, you get them in all sorts of different pinks, um, as I say, in whites and creams, and uh, they, they're lovely. They and they're they're long lasting. That is the one thing about the carnation; they are long lasting. Um, you know, bundle that up with some 
uh, lovely pine, and that that's a very nice um, uh, that, that's a very nice l- little gift. And put into a vase with some water, and um, keep adding fresh water every day, and and that will last a good seven you know seven or eight days. That's which pretty is good. Really nice. Yeah, and yeah, uh, carnations seem to actually be one of the more talked about. Uh, flowers for at least popularity this time of year for gifting is it because of the colors susan or do you think there's more to it yeah well i i think um it's i i think it's it's when they're harvested these of course are most of the green or house grown so um that that is one of the reasons but also they do last a long time so they're 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 good to get they're good for florists to get in because they 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 do last they're nice to put into a bouquet uh and they've got a lovely little scent to them and yeah they 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 just make a love a lovely gift Mm. and then we'll go to roses um i i love to put roses and um pine together and I, I know it sounds like an odd combination, but if you keep them where it is a little bit cooler in the house with um, uh, with some pine, and you can do all sorts of different colors with the roses and the pine, um, they will also last a very long time. And it's fun to actually touch them while they are opening up uh-huh. uh, and, and filling up them. Um, uh, around all that pine and yeah you, you know you're all your different colors you can get all sorts of different colors of roses uh different pinks and whites uh yellows uh, you can go into the reds and even into purple there's purple ones there's yep, orange yep. ones so it's not just for valentine's i also like you know a little um bouquet of bouquet of roses for the that's holiday. beautiful, Suze. Suze, mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. Lots to give people to think about when they're stopping in, especially over the next week, to say Merry Christmas or to visit mm-hmm. and want to bring that little thing, some some plants, some flowers, uh, to the host of, of the party or function or whoever that family or member or friend is. Yes. Thank you. We'll talk mm-hmm. to you next Friday. Bye. Susan Kearney. On the program every Friday, please join us for gardening as we get chatting this time. If you missed any of the segment, go back, check it out via the podcast. Talking about some great plants to bring as gifts uh, over the holidays. Up next, Google introduced new features to give you more control over location data. John Beeler is here with the uh, app update next. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. On the weekend over at AMI-audio, folks, catch the pulse this Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. This week, Joita speaks with Ashley Nemeth, former contributor, actually, on this program back in the day, about her journey as a blind parent raising three children. That's the Pulse this Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on AMI-audio, also available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Kelly McDonald here, Ramya Muthan at the studio in Toronto. I'm hanging out here at the home studio in London, Ontario. And every Friday as we send you into the weekend, we get into a bit of tech stuff with John Beeler. Hi, I'm John Beeler, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramia, where I share the latest app, mobile, and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut. So we got some Android, some Google, but we're going to 
start with Apple today, John, because they're testing out their uh, stolen device feature for iPhones. Is this a, or sorry, stolen device protection feature for iPhones? So is this part of 17.2 or what's going on? This is actually part of 17.3. This is uh, currently oh. in beta testing. Okay. And mm -hmm. essentially what this does is just adds a few extra layers of security should your phone fall into uh, someone else's hands. Um, it's a very common practice for thieves to sort of scope out a person. They might watch them unlock their phone and then try to either pickpocket or steal it some other way. And they already know how to get into the phone, which is quite often all they need to go in and change everything and then take control of your life literally. So what Apple has done with this um, device protection system is if you're not at home or work or basically any of the normal places you would typically go, um, it's actually going to require uh, a, a two biometric scans to change any of these settings. So for example, changing the unlock code or changing even your face ID code for, or, you know, your face ID or your, your right. fingerprint, those types of features. Once the thief has the ability to change that, then your phone is lost yeah. to you. Right. And mm -hmm. so sure. now uh, with this new system, and this is something you can opt into, um, you have the ability to set it so that you have to do two scans within, uh, separated by an hour. And if you're oh. not at your home work location, and that's probably going to be pretty impossible for a thief to do uh, unless you're uh, kidnapped. So, right. um, so this makes it basically impossible for them to change pretty much any settings, including having access to your saved passwords, which is often the main uh, goal for a thief to get into your phone, because then they can go and have access to your banking accounts everything and uh, this will prevent that uh pretty much 100 percent of the time okay so um, it's what it'll prompt you for the first scan and then it'll say catch you back in an hour for the second yes yeah I it's not unlike it. when you did you say you can't it's be not like when you try to work? work to get your phone hmm. wait Sorry. john what okay but, <laughs> what yeah, we're like I, I, it's not it's not unlike when you try to unlock your phone yeah. and right. you've put in the wrong password. Eventually, it'll say, you know, let's try again in 10 minutes. Yes, yes. This will actually right. say try yep. again in an hour uh, with yeah. your biometric uh, unlock. Uh, okay. So did you say something, John, and maybe I misunderstood you, that you have to do it, you won't be able to do it from home or at work or something? There was something you said there that I, I just wanted to go over again when you first mentioned it. There won't be a delay there won't be a delay if you're at home or work. Basically, if you've okay. identified those locations, right. yes. Apple Maps, for example, um, then it'll know, well, you're you're at a safe place. You're probably trying to legitimately change your, your ID or your password or what have you or access those things. The delay only happens if you're away from home and you're trying to change a critical uh, password or uh, authentication mechanism <sighs> on the phone itself. That seems a little iffy to me, you know, like, because... If your people, uh, I don't want to get too deep into this, but like if the person who is trying to get into your phone knows your routines, knows your regular whereabouts, and then they know about this feature, isn't that an easy hack then? Or I guess it uh, depends because well, well, it, there's also the biometric side of things. So, yeah, I mean, they would literally have to come and flash your phone in your face. Yeah. 
to unlock it. I sleep it. a lot, John. Like, it could happen. Well, um, I was just going to say, I guess in theory, yes, I guess someone could pick up your phone yeah. and put somebody but now you now quote, got to work trust, like, unquote. Yeah, you got to work hard on all these different factors. I, it is, it is good. This is for the person that takes it and runs out, sits there at the mall and yeah. works with their stolen phones and it's and a tries simple enough solution it. as well. Like, we're talking time frames, right? Like, that, yeah. as you said, within an hour, what's going to change a lot can change well yeah and it gives that time where you're like hey you know is this worth my time or what do i do with this or i'm at a different place and there's so many things that maybe in retrieval you could actually do before people get in there apple uh, is working I, I, think cool. what, I think what this does is it puts up a big, big red flag on stealing an apple phone yes right it's before. just going to be an extra speed bump for them. This is not, yes. you know, insurmountable, um, but for the most part, the average person will just keep moving on and find a different device to steal. It's good enough. Yeah, and, like, and even if it's people related to you or like an ex or something like that, doing something, wanting to, like it's about, really yeah. to keep the bulk of the people who would take your phone. Apple's yes. just overall building, trying to build better trust with the uh, consumer. And, you know, they've always done a pretty good job with that, in my opinion. And they've fought for the consumer as well in different contexts. And this is just, you know, building that trust, continuing to on the momentum. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nice, yes. nice. Um, Google introduces new feature to give you more control over location data. What's this all about, John? Yeah, so... Um... This basically gives you a, a lot more uh, controls and it gives you the ability to completely delete your location information right on your device. Uh, typically what happens when you're using, say, Google Maps or something like that, it's tracking your locations. You can go back and see where your device has been uh, for the last little while. Yeah. And then you have the ability to delete that. And it's currently stored in the cloud. And it is encrypted and only you can see it, but any of your other devices that are logged in have the ability to see that data as well. But they're now giving you the option to store it locally on the device itself, which will then prevent any other devices that are logged in from seeing right. that information. Uh, it stays on your device and it can be deleted on your device. All you have to do is tap on your little blue icon in Google Maps and it'll show you all of your options and it'll show you your timeline as well. So the customization is what they're going for here. And I guess privacy by extension, obviously. Uh, is there, yeah. is this something that people would be concerned about? Like, it seems a very specific as a, as an option. Well, I think what it does is it, it removes the cloud from the equation. Sure. Uh, right. A lot of people don't like their location information being stored in the cloud because it could still be compromised, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's encrypted. Um, or if, say, your Android uh, tablet gets stolen, it is logged in already to all that stuff, and literally that thief could then track your phone usage based on the location of the phone right. because it's the cloud. Um, this basically moves that all onto the local device and keeps it in, sort of in that realm instead. Uh, I think that's probably the sort of the the juicier part of this uh, this update. Um, this also, I mean, it's not uncommon for couples to track their spouse or significant other as well, and this will also remove that uh, functionality as well. That's what I was thinking more about. Like, it's interesting that we're kind of doing this where. You know how we generically more talk about opting in, opting out, where now the options are all there. You can share your location. You can share your 
everything, your photos, your whatever, it's all up in the cloud. It's all shareable with your other devices, with people that you have plans with, family connections, etc. But then they give you the option to remove everything. To shut also. it off. Yeah. To prevent it. Mm. Because yeah, people I do think this with relationships, right? With relationships, if things change, life changes, oh, whether God, circumstances, yeah. and yeah. that's and I think that'll also John handle itself too. Even for people who have work phones and things like that, and and what you yes. can and what work will say, give me that phone back, you're done. Yeah, but I, I think like you said before, Ramya, about what Apple was doing with the stolen device protection. This just gives more comfort to Android users and, or specifically Google Maps users, because this also mm. extends to iOS mm. uh, in knowing that your location information isn't being uh, shared externally from your device. Because um, we've seen a lot of cases where you know they can get a a, a, um, a court order to go and look at your, yep. your location data, you know, for various reasons and that kind of thing. If it's not in the cloud, there's nothing to get. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on you. Like you can make these decisions for yourself. Some service provider out there is not making those decisions for you. That's and right. It, honestly, and it's not black and white. Yeah. And just tracking yeah. the trajectory of where we are now and the kinds of things we can do is fabulous, right? Like, remember the the times when if you didn't have your location data, you didn't have access to maps, you didn't have access to GPS, you didn't have access to X, Y, and Z if you weren't online. Now we're putting everything online, but also saying, hey, stored locally. Anything from, you know, your dictation to your maps to yeah. your conversations with Siri, it's fantastic. And, and more storage makes that so much more possible. Yeah. And I think that's what we just had to wait for. Just the technological advancements. You want to talk about um, sticking with Android, the uh, personal safety app that you can share medical details with first responders? Yeah, this is something that has been available on the iPhone and Apple Watch for mm -hmm. quite a while, since 2020. Through health, uh, but now right? It's coming... I'm sorry? Through health, through the health app? Yeah, it's just sort of there. Um, but what's interesting about the personal safety app is you go in and you put in your medical information, like your, you know, your allergies, your emergency contact, any pre-existing medical conditions, and then when you place that nine one one call, it actually will transfer that data automatically from the app to the call center. So those responders will have that information. You don't have to say any of it. It's just there. They'll know. Yeah. And that gets transmitted to the ambulance that's coming to help you, that type of thing. So they're just much more prepared before they even get to you to deal with whatever the situation is. Yeah. Well, if you're unconscious and you have, whether it's an allergy to something, you're on blood thinners or something like that, they need to know. Something where you would use before, maybe that uh, alert bracelet that told them what, what it could um, this is just one of those other ways, a simpler way, a tool that you can load up that if they and you're, you know, let the, share it like who who cares and same with medications or whatever it might be that you can give them to give them a fighting chance that saves time mm -hmm. and mistakes that are no one's fault. Now, are, are people still concerned about the uh, privacy and the things that could go wrong around this? I mean, obviously, everyone's scared in just a general point of view, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think this falls into the same category as the other things we've been mm -hmm. talking about. This should be encrypted and locally available only on your device. Right. Um, yep. The only downside to this particular app is that, A, you have to go and install it. You have to then populate it. 
Uh, it's not sort of default on all Android devices. Um, and currently it's only available for the Nothing phone and Google Pixels 4 through 8. So it's not a wide release, but it's presumably going to be coming. I think it's just more a limitation of um, the the Android technology on other devices. They can't guarantee it's going to work properly. Uh, whereas this actually just shares during the, the emergency call itself. This is a really good use case, though. Like, I think that mm -hmm. this makes a lot of sense. Like, we need to start bridging that gap, especially in the medical realm, uh, with all this technology and with the availability of the information that we're putting out there, not to mention, you know, real time, as you said, right? We're now able to, like, with the smart devices and with wearables, we have all the opportunity in the world for you people bet. to have the information who need it when they come in and have to deal with emergencies and first response. Yeah. Well, so. we're comfortable with people seeing how many steps we take. Why wouldn't yeah. we be comfortable with somebody seeing Gosh. that I'm on blood thinners and I need care at a car crash? My Apple Watch alone is going to tell you everything you need, you know, for the last X amount of days or weeks or whatever, just because I have it on. So, yeah. 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 And, and this, the, the, I think that the, the key thing with this is that um, once you've set it up, you know, when you're not in distress, um, this is automatic, right? Like exactly. you don't have to do anything. Uh, and this does extend to some uh, Android watches as well. So effectively, if you were in a car accident or you fell off your bike or right. whatever, um, it would automatically do all the things that you need an actual person to do yeah. automatically. Yeah, it deals with the emergency. Exactly. John, this is so cool. Thank you so much. And we'll chat with you next Friday for a special version of our app update before Can't we wait. go into the holidays. Okay, take care. Take care. John Beeler joins us for our app update, and this is on Fridays. We also like to bring in the show on Mondays with tech, so we're kind of bookending things. Kind of make sure we take care of it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you want. Uh, first, the first treatment to use gene editing tool, that is, has been approved by the, F the F FDA down in the States there. Mark Phoenix, he's got the latest for us on the buzz next. We'll talk to him in two minutes. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Remember to check out repeats of the program in case you can't be here live with us on AMI-tv at 2 p.m. Eastern or our first airing on AMI-audio at 4 p.m. Eastern. We're around 10 p.m. Eastern on both networks. 1 a.m. in the morning on AMI-tv and 6 a.m. in the morning on AMI-audio. However you consume the program online or, or maybe through TuneIn Radio or OOTunes, listening in around the world on AMI-audio or watching us on AMI-tv at any given moment that you can find us, glad to have you on board. Ramya Muthan's with me, Kelly McDonald here, and it's time to get into the buzz, usually hosted by uh, Bill Shackleton, who's away. We welcome Mark Phoenix back to the show, who has been just doing a... I want to say admirable. That's not the way, though, today, Mark. It's a, a Friday, uh, a darn smash-down presentation each day for us here on The Buzz. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Admirable is way way too formal. That's for the Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a little sloppy, Formality but, you know. is for suckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going up there with your snooze button you're, phrase. You're, you're lucky I don't have my feet propped up on this desk blocking the camera right now. It <laughs> is Friday, after all. Wow, yes. <laughs> Where's the cat? Keep the shoes uh, on. Is the, cat uh, the, 
The cat is curled up in the bedroom, snoring right now. So okay, did it? She, did, did his TV? Did the TV appearance yesterday? It's done now. Yep, she's taking a well-deserved rest. Yeah. She might be back Wednesday. Though. I was going to say we'll at least a once-a-week appearance, please. Yes. Oh, I, I think I think we can make that happen. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I, I'm sure. I don't know if you'd have a choice. It's sort of like the way her puppy pops no. ahead up. What's going on here? Yeah, oh, right, our I'm numbers have sleep. gone up significantly since the cat came on. So. Yeah, excellent. And, and, and next week, everyone Mark, loves Ruby. Yes. And Mark, next week, you have to sing when Ruby's back. The cat came back the very next very day. Very next you have day. To sing. Yeah, you uh, have I might to. sing that. I might also sing one of the holiday songs we made up for our cats. Aww. Of course, you'll be subjected to my singing voice. And the guitar playing? We'll no? What guitar playing? Um. Uh. uh sure. I guess. Yeah. yeah. He okay. he can always put on some music. He's got yeah. Apple Music, right? No. Yeah. yeah I've got, got some AI. software here. I can. Yeah. I can. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's All right. right. Let's, this. Let, let's get the buzz off the ground. Let's uh get it going here. It is. Uh, we are you know on a time limit here. Uh, this one from. On track. That's right. That's right. Well, here we are. We start from NBC News with a piece of very good news uh, to kick things off. The U.S. FDA last Friday approved a treatment for sickle cell disease, a uh, devastating illness that affects more than 100,000 Americans, the majority of whom are African-American. Uh, the therapy called Casgevy from Vertex Pharmaceuticals and CRISPR Therapeutics is the first medicine to be approved in the U.S. that uses the gene editing tool CRISPR, which won its inventors the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 2020. Uh, the approval marks the first of two potential breakthroughs uh, for the blood disorder. The FDA also approved a second treatment for sickle cell called... Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that with my eyesight from here. A gene therapy from drug make maker Bluebird Bio. Both treatments work by genetically modifying a patient's own stem cells. Until now, the only known cure for sickle cell was a bone marrow transplant from a donor, which carries the risk of rejection by the immune system, never mind the process of finding a donor in the first place. Um, using CRISPR, it uh, edits the DNA found in a patient's stem cells to remove the gene that causes sickle cell. It is not cheap, $2.2 million per patient for a treatment. Um, but I mean, it is a start and it is incredible that uh, we now have gene editing technology uh, mm -hmm. in the wild, as it were. It's pretty slick. That's amazing. And when you talk something like sickle cell, because I remember all the fundraising for research and stuff that would be done, the old telethon when it was on, and just the different modes and methods as we see with, with sickness, it is so wonderful to find or hear of any kind of breakthrough. And it's, you just never know which, where it's going to come from and how. It's pretty slick that a bacterial immune system has been adapted for human use to cure human ailments i mean this yes. the future is here man <laughs> it really oh, yeah. is oh yeah oh yeah and the, the again mark you always look and say okay will this work for every person that's there you get quoted the number a hundred thousand people um and you, you just hey man people will take yeah. if it's one tenth of that that well it makes I, a difference it mm -hmm. helps well i know that for my particular condition the way it operates i'm kind of hoping there might be a gene editing treatment available within, you know, a decade or two. I might get to see red and green before I die. That would be pretty wow. cool oh if you ask me. I've got my fingers crossed really tight. Uh, let's, uh, let's get things out of the medical realm into the legal realm now. This is from the BBC. 
where an Ohio woman was convicted of assault for hurling a burrito bowl at a Chipotle worker. <laughs> the judge offered an unusual way to reduce her time in jail. A judge has ordered Rosemary Hain, 39, must now work at a fast food job for two months. Well, hey, not you know, specifically Chipotle. Uh, I don't think specifically Chipotle, uh, but uh, I mean, you know, give her some leeway. Well, love I it. mean, just I, love I guess, it. Just, hey, why not get a sense of what uh, she subjected these oh, workers yeah. too, right? Get on the other side of it. Hayne was captured in a viral video screaming at a Chipotle employee before throwing her food in the worker's face. Oh, man. Uh, she yeah. was at first, she was initially slated to pay a fine and serve 180 days in jail with 90 days suspended. Then the judge had the uh, idea, quote, you didn't get your burrito bowl the way you like it. And this is how you respond. This is not real housewives of Parma. Parma, I guess, being a city where this <laughs> happened. This behavior mm -hmm. is not acceptable. Uh, the judge told her she could cut off 60 days in jail if she agreed to work at least 20 hours per week at a fast food restaurant for two months. I like it. Hopefully. Real life. I do too. Hey, it's uh, it's different than just, you know, you know, slam them in a cell, throw away the key. Yeah, boring. Well, you, know, you want a, someone to understand what people of, yeah. go through. And, and let's hope that that employee who got the food in the face doesn't learn where she is and go over and say, remember me? Bam! Now, you. <laughs> You're cleaning the fryers today. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. uh -huh. You know, I quit my job to come work here to be your boss to make you do this or go over and <laughs> so so, make life tough. It's so mean because a burrito bowl is extremely messy. Like, if she'd thrown yeah. the wrap, it may not have landed oil as too, right? Grossly. That's got all that oil that'll get in your eye. Yeah, or like a burger or french fries, but burrito bowl, come on. Well, it's not to mention stuff. Not to mention your spicy things that may, be, yes. may have been in that oh. burrito bowl that would then get into mucous membranes, mean. eyes, nose, burning, no fun. You know, oh, mean. It, it, very. Um, well, let's... Uh, Let's improve the mood a little bit. It is the holiday season. It's time for some fun. And there was some fun in uh, New York last Saturday. This is from uh, this is from the Associated Press. Here comes Santa Clauses again. <laughs> Throngs of people dressed as jolly old Saint Nick descended on New York City for the annual SantaCon charity pub crawl on Saturday. Ooh, I like this. The booze-fueled stroll, which included no shortage of Grinches, elves, and other Christmas-themed costumes, kicked off at 10 a.m. Woo, nice and early. At Ooh, bars and yeah. clubs in midtown Manhattan. Revelers were expected to make their way downtown, where the festivities end at ended at 8 p.m. in local watering holes in the East Village. The organizers encouraged participants to donate $15 to enter participating venues, which they have said will go to charitable causes. Thim similar events were slated in cities across the U.S. and Europe, from San Francisco and Cincinnati to London and Berlin. Apparently, transit agencies have had to take measures to try to keep things under control, banning passengers from drinking on trains headed into Manhattan starting from 4 a.m. Saturday through noon Sunday. I didn't realize you could drink on trains in on transit in the outside first place. of those times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the wow. NYPD also reminded people of the open container laws. Uh, basically, please don't get sauced in the streets when you're going from bar to bar. Wow. Can't handle this it has sometimes. become huge, right? Yeah, and this has become so huge to do. I dress up as a Santa and go out there and 
yeah. create havoc. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, this is something that New York has, and I again, you obviously know when you first heard about it, I wonder how big this will grow. I wonder by what year they're <laughs> going to be big. calling for this. Yeah. Yeah, it, was... you know, it's one thing that, you know, when people do the, what is it, 12 bars of Christmas or whatever, you know, you worry <laughs> enough about people getting crazy with that, but this is really, it's set out to be this way, Rum. I had no idea this was a thing, and I was in New oh, York yeah. between Christmas and New Year, uh, one year for a project, like I got flown down, and the the cab that I was in, the driver was describing, but just saying it so casually, right, just nonchalant, oh, yeah, there's another Santa on this block and another one on this block, and there's, and there's five one more Santa's in the gutter. There. <laughs> And the noise level was insane. And I was thinking, what is going on here? Oh, well, it's New York. And what I was the noise like? Like just yelling, <laughs> cheering? Like what was Everything, it? Everything. Like bells ringing, uh, you know, like the handbells and people screaming and talking, conversation. I, I couldn't tell if it was chaos <laughs> or festivities. I really people couldn't. talking and yelling. Yeah. But oh, it was, and oh, by the way, oh. this was well, like I, 2022 or 2021, like at the end of the pandemic time. So you're just kind of concerned overall. When you hear noise level like this, see, pretty- Rab, I think what I think what you ran into was when the Santa Claus uh, bar crawl ran into the zombie outbreak. <laughs> yes, and it's probably a good thing your driver. The got zombie apocalypse, you mean, eh, Mark? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're right. As documented in the uh, documentary series The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was way well, too good it- to be just one of those two. <laughs> And it's so different because Kim Thistle was on here talking about the you know the mummers and and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, you know the fun that they have whether you want them in their your house or not but it's it's all in spirited <laughs> fun but this thing goes nutty right really like these guys they don't care about the mummers. I love it the mummers I, love it. I oh wouldn't do it but no yeah I wouldn't do it but Mark's gonna have them. Hi, Mark. Come in. Oh, guys, I'm kind of doing a show Mark's here. Mark's got his guitar the- and his cat jingles. He's out we're there. Gonna, we're going to have a kitchen party. You know, it's oh, going to be a so good old fun. Newfoundland time out that here. That would the, be uh, the East way, Coast. though. But you so don't fun. get any of that from these uh, drunken Santa pub crawl. Uh, you don't know. That's right. Well, well who okay, knows? You, you might. You out. might. You might. They, <laughs> they might have sit out there on a park bench singing. Experience I mean, Yeah, but you couldn't tell us a lot, and you were there. Yeah, but I was in a cab, safe and sound. You should oppose. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Rump. I'm getting on the street. Yeah, Are you I nuts? Was, I was nervous. I don't need to know. Definitely. You're the curious one, Cal. Go crazy. <laughs> Do we have time to uh, squeeze one more in here? Or? Real, real, real quick, Mark. I think we got a minute, maybe. A minute. Well, then uh, we'll say farewell we'll to a log. Oh. Okay, yeah, we'll put we'll we'll put it off. Oh, Wednesday. sorry. He I, when he said that, I thought he, was, he thought you said yeah. save it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll save <laughs> it. To, He's all, uh, Kelly's already ready to you know shut down epic. his camera, put up his feet. It's Friday. We've all. I was all set. I thought for sure Mark was Just saying, "Well, no, man. Tease what do you think I am, like a speed this. reader?" Well, wow. I will. Then I will tease it again next Wednesday. We say farewell to one of the first major consumer electronics conferences. Oh, yeah. An era has come to an end. Oh, man. Wow. That wasn't a Friday article anyways. Good. No, No. and Mark will tell (laughs) us how he really feels about that one. Thanks, pal. Mm. Hey, no problem. See you next week. Mark Phoenix joining us. He's been covering off the buzz with Bill Shackleton. He's been taking pages from Billy's books, that's for sure. Trying to squeeze in these articles on Friday. He snuck a couple in on you, didn't he? Uh Uh-huh. That kind of like a, have a talk with him. Friday a feel. He's talk. drunk. He's drunken Santas. <laughs> <laughs> the feel of that and everything. Okay. 
Anyway, folks, we've got a, an hour ahead on the program, and I got to tell you, we've got some very interesting news, so we understand, coming up after the break. In that hour, however, we'll get to some uh, conversation recaps from the uh, past week on our Cut for Time segment. And there's a new partnership between Greenscape Media and the Nail Clinic to bring more audio books out there. We'll get that story from Ryan Huey on the Chatty Bookshelf. But up next, that news I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about the largest contract ever signed in professional sports in North America. It was signed last week, but other news ahead from the new, uh, from uh, Brock Richardson when he joins us. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Looking ahead at the next hour, Ramya, I think we've got so much. It's just going to spill all over the place. It might be a messy, full, full, mm -hmm. full big hour here on the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank God, though, we only have the hours, so people can't just, uh, you know, assume they got to stay late to get all the content with us. You know what I mean? You'll just spill into the Good next show. Good for the show listeners and the viewers. Us. Yeah, right? Can you imagine <laughs> we'll if we had that over. kind of power? <gasps> yep, just to expand. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, we'll just we take up the whole day. Here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Folks, another hour of the program as we're mentioning. Kelly McDonald, the home studio, London, Ontario, Ramya Muth, and she's there on main campus in Toronto for uh, Kelly and Ramya here on AMI-TV and AMI-audio. It's time to talk sports as we start wrapping up the week with Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. We're going to go really beyond the headlines here, ladies and gentlemen, as Brock Richardson brings us his leadoff item today. If we just decided to go over by like a half an hour, what AMI would do if they would just say, eh, they'll stop eventually. Oh, they my. See how long we'd go? That's another dangerous yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I think the control room people would be saying, yeah, you guys go as long as you want. See ya. Yeah. Fair enough. Well... Uh, I have some uh, really exciting news. I teased this a couple of weeks ago, and then I had to hold my tongue for a little while. And today I finally get to let the cat out of the bag, and that is to tell this audience that the Neutral Zone, that program that we did for AMI for about six years, is making a return to the airways. This time it's going to be sponsored by the Ontario Parasports Network. So... I, first of all, I have a whole bunch to say here, but first of all, I'd like to thank my um, colleague at the Neutral Zone, Claire Buchanan, who really was a champion in getting all this sorted out. I'd also like to thank Josh Watson and uh, Cameron Jenkins, who are returning to the panel. Nice. And uh, I'd also like to send out a thank you to AMI and everybody who has really been a part of getting the program to where it is and if it wasn't for us being on on the airways for six years we wouldn't be able to move this venture uh somewhere else so thank you thank you thank you and also thank you to you guys for allowing us as the neutral zone platform as you guys have known about it for about mm, a month three weeks or so and we said let's do it here and so yeah. we want to thank everybody here for allowing us to uh 
open it for the first time on this platform. So we've been we doing a good job not leaking yes. the information. You're yes. welcome. Until, uh, like until about uh, three uh, two fifty eight today. Yeah. Uh, someone started. You did a really um, good job, Kels. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to yes. all of you, Brock, to the sponsor for coming on board, for you guys saying this is what we want to do. And I know this was the vision um, before, just, just as the show was ending. You guys were hoping to be able to come back. Now, we're looking at it, and we said the term on air. We're, we're talking a podcast, however. Yes, we are. Uh, it will be a uh, podcast that will be released weekly. And I should say this is coming in January 2024. We have a rough idea as to when in January 2024, but I have to kind of keep that a little under wraps until it gets finalized. But we know it's coming in uh, 2024. And the program is going to look almost the same. You're going to have the same cast of characters, as I mentioned. It's going to be about an hour worth of a program. uh, And it's just going to be real fun. And because it is sponsored by Ontario Parasports, uh, network they are going to uh, want us to do a little bit more of the Ontario feel of things and what's going on in their neck of the woods which is fine but you're also going to get uh, the partnership that we had with the Canadian Paralympic Committee and beyond it really truly is going to be the same uh, same feel same thing as they kind of said you know we we want the same program and and from all of us like we just feel like it's so great for us to be Revalidated for this program, we understand the business decision that has to take place. But to be to be re revalidated and say we want this program, we are very very proud. And also shout out to uh, Mark Aflalo, who you know from Access Text Live, the morning show. Sometimes he comes on here every once in a while. He's going to be our technical producer, and we're so grateful to Mark as he ended our run with us as as. Um, you know, when we did the uh, video podcast. So he's staying on board there as well. So lots of good things coming up, but it's very much going to be the same feel that you had uh, before over the last six years that we've been here. So. Lovely. Should, uh, we, should we monitor your feeds to find out when the show comes, whether yeah. it's Because it's going to be in that same that? neutral zone um, podcast feed. So yeah, Yes. So if you are already uh, subscribed to the neutral zone podcast, it's going to be... Uh, launched that way it's going to look different the logo will be different we don't have uh, a copy of said logo yet but it will look different follow all of our social media at neutral zone br at cam at neutral zone cam j at j watson 200 and at cb buchanan we will share it and you'll know and i will come here uh if i know next week i will come and let you know the official result uh, the launch date we're hoping to know next week uh, before on para goes on uh, on their Christmas break. Uh, that is the plan. But right now I have to remain kind of tight lipped on the date. But I, hopefully I can get it to you guys before uh, we, we, we go on break ourselves. Very lovely. Thank you for sharing with us, and we'll keep posted on the neutral zone. Uh, Let's talk about MLB, because a gigantic contract was signed by arguably one of the best players. $700 we're talking? Yeah, this is is insane. I mean, he, like you said, made $700 and this is going to be one of the largest, the largest contract we've seen uh, for... MLB, and I kind of wanted to break this down because a lot of people 
don't really understand what's happening with the contract and something kind of special is happening with the contract in that not a lot of teams players agree to do this so for the first uh nine years of his contract he's gonna make uh two million dollars uh per year and then the last year and the 10 years follow the nine years following that he will make the remaining like 600 and some odd million dollars that would be left on on said contract and so it's kind of broken up where he'll say i'm going to defer this into the later years and that's kind of his decision which you don't see very often why would a player agree to do this Uh, it's a good question uh because if he didn't agree to do this you would the dodgers would have to pay an extreme amount in what we call a luxury tax and this would be a lot of money that would the Dodgers would have to put out, which would mean it would be hard to get someone long term, you know, build a team around if you had to defer so had to fork out such money uh, from the beginning. And I think this is this is sort of the, the the big deal for this. And just to be clear, we're looking at you know six hundred and sixty eight million dollars being deferred basically for the last uh, eleven years. But ten of those years will be after the contract is 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 completed, which is which is a big a big thing. And some of the other Dodgers players have money deferred as well. And don't feel sorry for Shohei because he makes something like fifty million dollars a year on just endorsements with what he does. So he's doing a good thing, but it's not like he's going to be you know starving because of this decision. <laughs> he knows Clearly what he's doing. not. And uh, and and players are smart. They they want a team to be built around them. And in order to do that, sometimes you have to do things and defer contracts in 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 places. And I think this is what they've done. And the Dodgers and their players are pretty familiar with with uh, with doing this. So no surprise necessarily. Okay, I guess wow. so. This kind of approach was in the making a little, and hopefully it's a win win for the team and the individual. It's always interesting hearing about the decision making around this stuff though especially for the business and the money side of things it, if it, it were is, canadian it would be a billion right almost yeah, a billion yeah, and when yeah. you look at by the time this is done with the 50 million and that's just saying stay, things staying status quo you're looking at even in american money a billion a point one like that's phenomenal yeah yeah and i think the thing to note here is that shohei is more than just a baseball player this is this is a venture beyond, you know, him as a player. He he is a business person. He will draw attention beyond just baseball. You will you you have people who are interested in Shohei just because of who he is, what he is, and that's why the excitement was around Rogers because Rogers for the Toronto Blue Jays is is a separate entity from you know the the Blue Jays, and so that's a lot of things. And when you can build yourself as an athlete, but the the brand beyond the athlete, that's helpful. And I think, you know, to to kind of add on to the point about why would he do this, I think players as they get as as they get older, they want you know guaranteed money, and and he wants to know, okay, I can survive off of my two million dollars a year, but as I get older and as the contract expires. I want to guarantee some money and $668 million is a pretty good mm-hmm. uh, guarantee to have as you, as you get older, because there is going to be a decline as we get closer to that, that 10 year mark, because it's what happens. Yeah. You overpay for the whole deal and you hope that for the first three, four years, you can, you can pay off of that deal. 
Exactly. It's more of a long game, right? And we talk about this in different contexts anyway with athletes uh, athletes and their money and, uh, you know, are they doing what they could be? Are they getting um, robbed or, you know, not necessarily being looked at in this way? But we hear the numbers, the dollar amounts, and we go, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, when you spread it out, it's more of a business plan than anything. Rocky, can you bring in um, the Toronto Blue Jays? Where do they go from here? Yeah, so this has been a big question. Um, uh, it's, I think of two players. I think of Cody Bellinger and Yamamoto. Kelly, you'd have to help me out with his first name if you if you know what it is, but he's another Japanese player uh, that's on the market. I don't know how much the Blue Jays are actually in the running for the second Japanese player, uh, but Cody Bellinger is someone to keep an eye on for the Blue Jays uh, moving forward and we'll see how things go but it's going to be a big change because the fan base mm -hmm. was led down a road and here we are so ah fan base led down a road come on we were in the running that's about it and that's what we yeah. hear and until he says so one day oh i really thought about toronto but but so much of la makes sense for him uh as for yamamoto i don't know if we are i don't feel we are bellinger will overpay for but i like that player so we'll see what happens Thanks a lot. Again, congratulations to all of you at, it's nice to say, the Neutral Zone. Thank you very much. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports update on Fridays right here on Kelly and Rumi at the top of our second hour. Up next, there's a new partnership between Green Escape Media and the Mayo Clinic. Um, we're going to get more audiobooks out there, folks. Bring those books on. Ryan Hui, he has the details after this. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Smoothing out your Friday, folks. We still have a lot more show ahead as we swing open the gateway to your weekend. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. We like to talk audiobooks. Check in with our friend Ryan Hooley on the Chatty Bookshelf. Who knew an entire library could fit inside your pocket? I'm Ryan Hooley. This is the Chatty Bookshelf where we talk audiobook trends, news, and author interviews. Ryan, it's no pressure. I'm just asking. Do you gift people in your life audiobooks and ebooks and gift cards to this world during the holidays? Thanks or for having me, done. and you're jumping right in. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you get. Um, you didn't you really what? answer my question I, I during do. the break, so I, I do, but it's it's few and far between. I am very niche in what I like and what I hand out, and I look for the deals. So it's uh, on Audible.com. What happens is I can hand out a book to someone that. That I, a book in my library to you, Ramya, and then you can accept it for free, but you can do that once. So no one, like Kelly, couldn't then send you another one. You can't do it oh, with each person. Yeah. So it's like a one-time thing, and I, I, I do like with my audiobook friends to do that. That's specifically um, Audible, right? That Yes. Uh, that's okay. only audible.com and audible.uk. But I, before I get into it, I did want to congratulate. I was just listening to the last segment, but uh, it's great for the Neutral Zone team. Can't wait to hear that stuff coming out yeah. in January. So uh, oh, really yeah. great to have them back on track. So are you trying to change the topic? I wanted to ask then, you don't give general gift cards out for ebooks and audiobooks? 
I will give credits. So if I have leftover credits, I will give credits to some of my audiobook friends. But it's so. Can we do that? Can we gift credits you now? You can. You oh. uh, you can now. Yes. Um, okay, and then good. you can buy the you can buy the three credits for. I think it comes out to like $32 where they're like $11 each or something. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, yeah. So I'll do that too with it, with the sale, but uh, you got to wait for boxing day. Cause even audible.com uh, mm. day is the big one. That's nice. another big, is one that, that, is that the up. biggest deal day of the year you think or black Friday? Ooh, I think it's cyber Monday to be honest. Oh, I think uh, it's yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes, of course. But I, I do think that there's a lot going on in June as well. And then back to school. So there's a lot of different, yeah, there's a lot of different things that happen, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you could probably rank top five. All right. Well, become and, best friends with me because I got lots of credits to give away. I want, what, really? Oh, that's a, look that sounds at like that. an opposite sketch. My gosh, that sounds, sounds like, like an opposite someone's sketch. about to get on Audible finally, so they don't have to pay well, for sounds it. Sounds like you're making up a story, pulling somebody's. I'm serious. Leg. I'll screenshot. Uh, All right. Is, is June June an interesting month? Eh? Would that have been the month you'd have picked for Audiobook Month? I yeah. wonder why. Yeah, it's a nice I'm month. Not sure. Yeah. Nice month. It's yeah. Abby's birthday month, right? And Father's Day. Okay. But yes, Abby's birthday month. All right. <laughs> okay, Ryan, um, let's get into it. What did you find for us this week? We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Partnerships are popping up all over, but this one's a little different, and I like it uh, a lot. So Mayo Clinic uh, with Mayo Clinic Press, same thing, uh, but it's uh, in the United States, but they're kind of branching out worldwide. They're a leader in mental well-being and mental health resources and physical health resources. They're partnering with Dreamscape Audio. Dreamscape Audio has be slowly become one of the giants. They're putting out over a thousand books a year in different genres. And this was just going to add to the, the books. So there's an there's a three-year deal here in place that starts January. And what is happening is that all of the books that are Mayo, uh, Mayo Clinic Press in the past are being converted into audio and being released by Dreamscape. And then for the next three years, every book that they have coming out set to pre-release uh, that's in production right now and that's being written is also being released to school boards across several different countries. There's no specific just to the US or Canada or uh, somewhere in Europe, it's all over the world and they're going to different retailers. It's not just an Audible, it's not just a Google Books. They're going to audiobooks.com. There's gonna be some on all kinds of different places. I've seen something on Apple Books just recently about it. So this is going to be huge, I think. Yeah, yeah. this is one of those interesting things that I stop and say, oh, I didn't realize that the Mayo Clinic had this kind of content mm. available in this form. So it would have been one of those things that for me, and again, maybe it's just me. I don't want to say, well, as a blind person, but it just seemed like something that, and a great thumbs up to it being available that I wouldn't even thought was there and so useful, especially on the school quotient. And that, that's what I like about this partnership. It's, it's very unique because most partnerships don't give the retroactive, hey, yeah, so something that was written in 1998, you can now produce it into audio, whereas they're like, yes, let's have everything out. Uh, let's get it all out there if we can, and let's let's do it in a modern recording studio. Let's get everything out there to the best of our ability. And I love that they're doing this stuff for adults and the stuff for teens, young adults, and kids as well. So it's not just um, an adult-based kind of clinic, we'll call it book clinic or audiobook clinic. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing all the right things, right? They're going in for a three-year, uh, are they calling it a contract, deal. And then um, also, this kind of makes a lot of sense to me just in the realm of 
self-development, self-help, mental health in general as a realm of books, people are, they tend to just lean towards audiobooks in this anyway. Pods, yeah, audiobooks, audio listening. And there's a ton of them coming up about how to be well post-pandemic, if I can yeah. say that out loud without people getting mad at me, but there, the world has certainly changed, right? And it's not the same as it used to be. So there's different things that you have to do to to be happy, to to be well, and to continue to be well. And I think these will be helpful resources because it's a very thriving genre of book now, even amongst children. Uh, there's geared towards children, of course, with that that flair, but there's a lot of books out there that are very helpful to, to kids in this thing. And it's not just pick up your tablet or pick up the Game Boy and, mm -hmm. and go from there. Wellness has a lot in audio. Like structurally, there's a lot of audio for wellness. We're talking meditation, guided meditations, um, just like soundscapes. And as I said, wellness podcasts, like people turn to audio when they think wellness in general. And so I think that this makes a lot of actual sense. And then, of course, with the resources that the Mayo Clinic is, has out and will put out anyway, it's perfect. And we think get off audio has much. been that that way in in the past. Even I think yeah. audio has always been really yes, yes. the place for these kinds of affirmations books or you know? affirmations. Like mm -hmm. you say, like you know, it has been that we need to hear that comfort of somebody. Yeah. And I think you're right because I've just I was just gonna say I think audio has been doing it without even knowing it, even if the book is not geared towards mm -hmm. wellness and stuff. So we have that one that one, and I know it's not a male clinic book, so I won't talk about it too much. I forget the title, but it was like the most boring book ever. And the the narrator's voice was male, was it was actually a sleep book. It's like, hey, read this and or listen to this and you fall asleep. And then it won wellness awards and then the genre of self-help and development uh, because it was like it's sleep aid almost without exactly going into the the the, the, dr the prescription drugs and things to, to or the uh, all the other stuff that you could potentially use so it was like try this and the guy's voice was so boring that uh, you yep. fall asleep within 20 <laughs> minutes or so of listening i remember yeah. us talking about that but didn't also one of the hockey players do something like that too patrick kane or somebody did something I think about so. two yeah. or three years ago but it, but it again anyone promoting any form, their way of doing something is going to benefit somebody else. It just is. Yeah. It's true. And you never know who that's going to be because everybody no. is just or so how. unique. And, yeah. Well, everyone's hopping on board now. Every celebrity slash influencer is down to have their voice on something. It's just more about who's approaching them, right? So um, who's it? Matthew and, McConaughey and so who's like the voice of calm, Yes. Oh, right? he has a ball. He And podcasts, he's just so there <laughs> yeah. with so much. But again, Morgan I always Freeman. go back, I know, guys, to the old radio shows because so many celebrities knew radio was the means to get out there. And then for volunteer work, we started to get a lot of people reading the old talking books that were celebrities too that would just pick it up and maybe they were a certain genre of star. But now you're getting so much power, power from stars because... They enjoy it as much as we do. And it excites them to be a part of reading a book or, or help you know self-help. You guys are so right. And I even have a very close friend and uh, they they actually cannot fall asleep, speaking of podcasts, without listening to like a true crime or like murder podcast. And it's strange to me, but it works for them. And I'm just like, that would scare yep. the crap out of oh, me I right love, i love no it no judgment ryan just, right yeah. just to fall asleep and uh it, so it's you know your, your self-help can come and your development can come in many different ways and the yeah. most unlikely killer thrillers or it, it's the hardest <laughs> thing when we do book club 
And you got to read a book to, to, you know, I'll sit here in the morning, take some time when I can squeeze in, be working on our book of the month. And in minutes, I'm asleep because it's such a wonderful thing. It's so powerful for me. And I'm listening and enjoying. Oh, this is just great. But, but it's, it's one focus and it just soothes me right to sleep at yeah. times. Now, I'm a lot better than I used to be about it. But I remember this was what I used, especially as a teenager. This is what I used books for. It's very true. Kelly, do you think do you think that you would stay up even if the book is so boring? If you actually you know didn't do the free thing, oh, if you paid for one to get your money's worth? No, uh, no, I don't know about the paying. I, I'd be mad falling asleep at something I, I paid for. Get my money's worth. There's no way I'm sleeping through this. I will right. stay. It would be like all... I would be like paying for a movie and falling asleep <laughs> through it or something. A pay-per-view boxing match. I bet you have. You know when you rent off of Apple? Like I've done it at home, and it gives you only 48 hours after you start the movie, and I've entire like ditched movies and not being able to watch it in the 48 oh, hour because I've fallen asleep. If I, had that I know happen. I was really upset. Really upset. Oh, that'd be offensive. But yes, Ryan, I mean, a boring book, I bet you I wouldn't fall asleep though. I'd be like, this is so boring. This is annoying. Oh my gosh, I got to turn this off. I wouldn't be able to do that. That's why he only gets five books on tune in. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> Even if the guy spoke Did like you this, mention now him? we're going to sit. So nice. Did you mention the title? One of the titles from this? Yeah, you were going to talk. No, about but it. I wanted to. So okay, it's called us. Back on Track by Dr. Uh, Rebecca Jackson. And That's this it. is a really great one because it's geared towards young adults and teenagers and how to thrive and get back on track in post pandemic, whether it's in school, whether it's activities, whether it's getting back to the being in a group uh, and doing some things that, you know, are the same but very different after the the lockdown and, and everything and kids have been struggling especially teenagers uh you know they want that that human interaction they want those things but uh, for a long time they weren't able to and now some have even changed so uh looking back at that it's it's actually recommended throughout the u.s at schools and uh, it's getting some good traction uh overseas as well so i'm thinking that once this one is finished and in audio uh it's going to be a, a really a huge success well, if this becomes the resource that I th hope it becomes, um, then people will have all kinds of, like, you could just go to this for mental health reasons and have whatever pick of the uh, choices on what you want to listen to, because that's the situation you're facing at a time. You know how we talk a lot about, like, crisis hotlines and all these other things that you go to because you know it's an available resource, right? And I feel like this could be that way. People, whether you're an audiobook fan or not, is not the point. The focus is mm -hmm. that when you need a particular pick-me-up or resource or a support in some way, that you can go to this vast resource for that assistance. No, I think you're exactly right. And uh, I really hope it becomes a vast resource because uh, it looks like in 2024, they're going to be putting out 40 audiobooks, 40 new audiobooks. Mm. That's on top of all the retroactive ones. So there could be a, a big flood of the market of, of the Mayo Clinic uh, press books, which is I would going to be so. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the implications yeah, yeah. are endless. Like you'll start seeing clips of things on social media. Just if it gets on fire with the promotion of it and social media, I think it'll I, catch. I wonder about their promos on TV and everything, everything. how that will slant yeah. to mm -hmm. it because they, they yeah. will now be able to make sure that people understand we're accessible to so many people. I'm not necessarily saying it in that language, but the promotion of audio. What a way to listen in mm -hmm. and get self-help. And even with Audible, uh, the on the Amazon smart speakers now, there are the, you know, you're streaming right. uh, whatever AM radio yeah. or the game or and there, it's all Audible ads. It's all, you know, the mm -hmm. Amazon ads, which is really interesting to me, too. Yeah, just got to bring I, it I like into it people's lives. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> put a ding in my credit card because then it's like, oh, that one sounds good. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> exactly. It's so, okay. At least Going you have all those credit card, free credits yeah, that you can give to Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. 32 What was it? $32? Yeah. Start giving away, Ryan. We're not going to. I'll be back next year, guys. I was going to uh, say, yeah. Thank you so, so much for everything this year. Wishing you all the best over the holiday season to everybody out there that's listening, watching, or has in the past. And uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Oh, Thanks, said Ryan. it better than all of us. Talk to you later. Happy New Year. Bye, guys. Will you stop being so plural? He's, okay, sorry. Next time you could try. Ryan Huey on the Chatty Bookshelf <laughs> weekly conversation on Fridays. And he'll catch us back in 2024. We'll step aside for a couple of moments. When we return, let's revisit and weigh in on conversations from the past week. We call it Cut for Time. Uh, Beth will be joining us for this uh, today. So let's get at it after this. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Remember to subscribe to the Kelly and Ramya podcast at your leisure. Subscribe and you can check out the show in segment form or the complete Kelly and Company, Kelly and Company, Kelly and Rumya podcast experience. There's a flyback to the past, but, you know, we do that on these Fridays sometimes. Uh, check out the podcast. And if you would, while you're in there, give us a rating and review. We call this segment Cut for Time, where we look back at the conversations we've had on the program. We like to select a couple that maybe we wanted to add a little bit more to in when we were listening or during that conversation, but didn't have time. We welcome Beth Deer, who joins us, reporter and producer for the program. We'll get the Beth selection shortly, and we'll get comments from her in a bit. But Ramya will get us started today with Tuesday, right, Ram? Yep. I couldn't wait to bring this conversation back because we were so comfortable when we had it the first time. On Tuesday, wellness contributor Francis Wong talked to us about indigestion and a bunch of other stuff. But here she is defining indigestion for us. So people actually use acid reflux, indigestion, heartburn, anger interchangeably. And I thought it would be interesting to do a deeper dive to kind of clear up any lingering confusion over mm -hmm. these terms. Right. So, you know, sometimes when you eat something and it just doesn't go down well or set well in your stomach, you can get a combination of symptoms ranging from pain in your abdomen and chest to feelings of bloating, burping, nausea, or feeling too full after eating. Well, that's indigestion. And like dementia, it's an umbrella term. So it's not one specific symptom, but a group mm. of them. You might also hear someone use the technical term of dyspepsia and more generally an upset stomach and both also refer to indigestion. Um, I think the reason really why I wanted to bring this back is just to have a conversation around how well we know our bodies. Of course, we talked a lot on Tuesday about our bodies changing as we get older. The most interesting and kind of shocking part for me was um, the muscles, the muscles of your digestive system that tend to... Uh, die down, not work as well as they used to, especially after 30. Wow, how fitting. Uh, but really just, you know, that making a big difference in how we eat and how our body processes what we eat. And of course, there are other things that just come up, right? Like uh, ripple effects of other conditions, health conditions that we have or circumstances that we go through, like pregnancy or surgery or other things. And um, I really just how well do we know our body? I go back to that question because we 
don't necessarily pay as much attention when everything is going well. So if you're young and your metabolism is fabulous and you love eating spicy foods and spicy foods agree with you and all these other circumstances, you know, you can really put away your stuff, then that's great. But as we get older, things shift clearly, clearly shift physiologically. And when those things happen, do we pay attention to what is happening, when things are happening, the causal um, effect of where these things are coming from? You know, like, are we able to break down and say, yes, it's dairy that's making this happen to me? You know, I have a couple of friends who are um, lactose intolerant, for example, but to get to the conclusion that they're lactose intolerant, it wasn't just a walk in the park. <laughs> it wasn't just, yes, uh, this cheese is not agreeing with me, so I must be lactose intolerant. No, it could also be the protein in the dairy. It could also be what you ate that dairy with. Was it processed? Was it unprocessed? Uh, does this happen every time you have every kind of dairy product, or is it specific to this particular thing? So, you know, the, the breakdown of just even figuring out how your body's reacting and responding to certain things is a journey in and of itself, and as we get older and more of these things start adding up or, you know, one thing leads to another leads to another of how your body's responding, it makes me very curious about how we track. Um, and then there's, of course, like the aspect of are we eating healthy to begin with? Are we used to having more healthy, satiating foods like fibers and full or whole carbs and unprocessed carbs and proper proteins? Or are we having a lot of the same kind of junk that we've always had and then expecting our bodies to just react the same way it's always reacted? So, I mean... Guilty. Yeah, me too, obviously. <laughs> yeah, this is, by the way, me not pointing fingers at other people. This is me just, like, keeping track of myself. But it is interesting, Beth, because, like, as we get older, we honestly can't eat the way we used to in whatever regard you want to take that Yeah. As. I could not agree more. Um, I've, I've personally found since uh, my pregnancy with Henley, I have become like so much more like sensitive to foods. In general. Um, and I used to be, yeah, like, and I used to be that person who could just like eat everything. And I'm not just, I'm not sure if it's because in my pregnancy with her, like I just had a lot of like food aversions and it really just like kind of like then put me off things like like certain things overall. Mm. I don't really know, but like I did find this topic so interesting, especially because I did not know the difference between like indigestion and heartburn, for example. Like I honestly thought they were the same thing. So um, even though there's like similarities, like I really didn't understand you know that they are actually completely different things um and we don't want to get preachy either like i find it's annoying when no. if somebody says i have heartburn am i gonna give you the third degree and be like but is it indigestion is it acid reflux well, a like, lot what of is time it it's causal effect like, right could be yeah. based from meditation mm -hmm. it yeah. could be based from bulking up and eating a certain Side amount effects. of stuff mm. continually yeah. or i mean in theory like they always say about our human bodies well you know what variety is the best way to do stuff just kind of take turns and you could eat anything however um and we all know that that's not necessarily true we also know we have other health conditions that can come along, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, the hernia or something like that, hiatus hernia, I mean, something that can really bother you. And I, I love the idea that, okay, as you get older, I do know that some people, no, 
doesn't bother other people. I think medication or when we start fiddling, saying I got to eat more of this or less of that, because I sometimes think it works in reverse, but I do love variety and I love what she taught us exercises to build up those, those muscles. Um, I really think that that's what really does it. So really cool on, um, Tuesday. I'll stick with that day as well, folks. Uh, we were joined by Caitlin Rutherford, General Manager of Lily, uh, Lily E. Cafe uh, in Toronto, Coffee Cafe in Toronto. Um, here she's talking about how they make the job interview process more inclusive and stress-free. We did our best to prepare for that. Um, we allowed for a lot of time because we knew people were going to be nervous. We knew that people might not show up on time because of navigation issues. Um, we did our best to make it an accessible space, uh, but people get lost all the time. Um, I do too. So we we made sure that we kept our questions um, concise and then allowed for extra time. Um, and then we also made sure that we had different ways of asking those questions, breaking them down if necessary, ask them in a different way another time if they were misunderstood. Um, and we really tried to connect with the person who was sitting in front of us um, and make them feel like it, this wasn't a test, that we really wanted to understand where they were coming from and what they were looking for, what they were looking to get out of a job with us. Um, because that's part of our program is that right. we are hoping to help people develop their, their goals or even identify their goals for what happens next. It fascinates me to think about a job interview, the stress that you know you're going to have because you're hoping to land the job. You're in an experience being asked questions by people who don't know you. You want to put your best foot forward. You want them to find you an intriguing candidate, a potential employee. So you have all those things that get in your head beforehand. Those of us with disabilities, as, as I mentioned during the interview, um, sometimes we don't get that opportunity to be interviewed a lot. I mean, I've heard people say, I've dropped off so many resumes. You know, I'm thinking of my siblings. I had to have dropped off over the last few days 100 resumes. So you think, okay, well, how many job interviews might you get for that? If they get three, four, five, then I add up how many res uh, interviews I've had in my lifetime. And I... I not had that many um, in my lifetime. I think I know intellectually what I'm to do if I'm having one. I think I can calm myself down. I've had so many conversations about it. Uh, so I think I'm okay to field it. But when you hear about people who we know don't get that opportunity to be interviewed, may not ever get the call. We think of the things that work in our head as we were speaking with Fern the other day about going to parties. We think about, well, man, I can self-talk myself right out of this. Um, then you try to have that confidence and you may say too much. You know, my mom used to say to my father, hey, 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 you can talk yourself into a job and right on out of it. And it used to kind of make us chuckle, mm -hmm. but it's so easy to get bogged down in already so many other things. So doors off to them, first of all, at the cafe for doing their best to try to neutralize some of those things, to try to put ourselves in everyone's place. I, I know you can only do so much because we ourselves are going to get in our head. Um, we are going to have those effects. But anything, and I just wish other employee employers could extend to this. And I get Hey, man, you're going to be serving people. There's going to be a lot of stress here. You know, we're starting that stress now as you sitting here. And maybe there's a bonus to that, a benefit of some kind in some people's minds, and other people coming in there realize at that interview, this isn't for me. 
And it's so hard because so many of us with disabilities don't get that opportunity. And to have that feeling, well, man, this may not be for me. And I'd hate to see someone discouraged at an interview. So it's so wonderful when people think about this. Hey, you might get a little lost, but we all know I might get lost, but I have to get it in my head to try my best not to be late, to find the place. And it's so much easier said than done, Ramya. Yeah, I mean, it really sets the tone, right, to the organization, uh, to the industry, even sometimes if you zoom out a, a bit, like you hear about customer service interviews at different banks and inst financial institutions mm. like that, and boy, the reputations. I'm thinking law firms, and like you're not, you know, some of these things do I get not... anxiety for people when oh, they God, talk yeah. about a job to. interview. They're I meant feel to. sick. Some of these places and industries, um, types of work... The anxiety, inducing anxiety, is part of the stress test. If, if any of us read um, the uh, astronaut book, I can't even think of his name right now, the Canadian astronaut, they, the way that he described just going through the tests and the possibilities of failing, that was part of the process. Like, if you couldn't make it through this fitness test, if you will, mental toughness, then you're not going to make it through the job. It is part of your, the, the responsibilities to weed through the people who can't. And anyways, all this to say that sometimes, yes, I understand and could understand in the, the line of work, but other times... As you're saying, Kels, we just want to give people the opportunity to work. We want people yeah. to have the opportunity of feeling like they could contribute to society in these ways, get paid for it. You know, your value is based on getting paid. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And if you've never experienced it or never feel like you could experience it, that is very depleting for you on a mental health level. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, so initiatives like this and other initiatives, sometimes everything just looks great on paper, but also what's the vibe? What's the tone that you're setting when people walk into this space? How, are you welcoming them? Um, it makes the biggest difference for people walking out because of that Because you're interview. on trial too. Absolutely. Is this the kind of place, right, ladies? Yeah. If you're on trial too as, far, as, as, a, as an employer. I could not agree more with that. I know for me, my first job, especially like doing like what we do now, like my first job was so degrading. Like I literally folded clothes in a men's changing room and I wasn't allowed to do anything else. I wasn't allowed to try anything else. Um, you know, I was just like a number and, uh, you know, so they could tick that box of saying like, yeah, like we have someone with a disability working for us. Um, the cafe, I love the Lily Cafe. I've never been there myself, but my brother-in-law used to work in the same building as their like first location. And he used to go there all the time. And I was actually lucky enough a few years ago to interview the founder and they just have like such a, an amazing story. And his little girl is probably like one of the cutest kids I think I've ever come across and I have my own so like that's saying something um <laughs> but like it's just everything they stand for is so amazing and like I just love how I don't know if this is the right, right, right way to put it but like a lot of jobs are so like dehumanizing yes and they are doing like everything within their power it's just like be inclusive and you know make sure that everyone who works for them knows their worth which I just think is so invaluable you know okay yes. mm -hmm. yeah. so i'm gonna jump to thursday where we spoke to mary about you know 
the fact that it's coming up on the holidays and uh, a lot of people are going to be hosting. And sometimes that can be pretty stressful, but she gave us some really good tips. So many things, but we're going to pick on a little, a few of them right now. And at the top of my list, make sure your home or event venue is physically accessible. So if you're hosting a party at your house, clear any clutter from the doorways, hallways, so people can move easily through the space. Um, Ask the guests or the guest that, you know, if there's anything you can assist them with. I appreciate that, me personally. Um, it just, it helps me kind of feel a little more at ease. And then right. be mindful of guest preferences regarding music volume. Oh, it's about to be a fight. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes, especially if someone has a hearing impairment or specific That's sensory fair. needs, right? It could be a little cue. I mean, because I tend to put the volume a little high. Same. That's just me. You're the same, right? So just keep that in mind, at the back of your mind. I can just see Mary with her music blaring at all of her parties that she likes. (laughs) (laughs) But I just found this so interesting because um, one thing I think I'm a little bit guilty of personally is like, I'm very aware of like my own needs, but like that's actually something that I never really consider. And I think that's just because like in terms of other people coming into my house. And I think that's just because for the most part, like as much as I have a lot of friends with disabilities, I don't, I normally meet them somewhere. I don't always host them, but I do always appreciate like when I go to someone else's house, um, a lot of the time, you know, I ask for like, can you show me where the bathroom is and just give me like a rough idea of like the layout of the house if I haven't been there before um, and things like that. And I find that super useful. Um, I also just have to howl at the fact that we were talking about paper plates yesterday with Mary because (laughs) um, I've been living off of paper plates recently and I have posted several um, friends over the last few weeks. So dishwasher's broken. Everyone on the Kelly and Ramia team knows this. It's a big deal in my life right now that my dishwasher <laughs> is broken. Um, so we've been living off of paper plates. And uh, I did make the mistake of the other week when I made my chili, everyone, if anyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The bowls were too flimsy. And thankfully, the adults were fine. But Henley picked her bowl up. And the chili just like, yeah, like (laughs) a nightmare. It was such a mess. But yeah, I always just love Mary's segments. She always gives me so much to think about, especially because I am someone that loves to host. I love to cook. I, yeah, I'm always so into Mary's segments. So is there anything that either of you two took away from that? Everything. (laughs) I took away mostly the sound that we would use when Henley picked up the bowl of that old Price is Right sound. (laughs) (laughs) As the food went down. (laughs) Beth, awesome. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Cut for time. Beth, dear, joining us this week on the program. We do this on Fridays. This is the last one, actually, for the year. We'll be back with it in the new year with Cut for Time. But we're back after the break when we return to tell you a little bit about what's going on over the weekend on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. We have a closing moment that most of you will find very interesting. A little sweet tooth, though. Stick around. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Mm. Welcome back. 
back to Kelly and Ramya. I'm at the home studio in London, Ontario. Ramya at the studio in Toronto. Let's take a look at what's coming up on AMI-TV on the weekend. The Academy Award-winning movie Rain Man airs on the network. A selfish L.A. yuppie learns that his estranged father left some money out there as he left this fortune to his older brother, who's on the autism spe spectrum. Money he did not know existed. The man absconds with his brother and sets out across the country hoping to gain a larger inheritance, starring Tom Cruise, of course, and Dustin Hoffman. Rain Man is broadcast Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. Gotta at least watch this movie once. Also, the Washington Post this week is broadcast Sundays on AMI-audio. Join host Matt Spears as he reads a selection of the most thought-provoking perspectives published by this Pulitzer Prize-winning Washington Post. And, of course, the Washington Post this week on AMI-audio is at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sundays on the channel. For our closing moment today, there are little surprises around every corner. The iconic Willy Wonka once said, Ahead of the uh, Wonka uh, Theatre premiere today, Booking.com is celebrating a new film by offering two pairs of guests a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity to live in a world of pure imagination. Wonka's sweet sweets are located at two hotels, one in New York and one in L.A. The company worked hard to transfer these two hotel rooms to look as if guests are in Willy Wonka sweets-filled world. Guests will be able to book the rooms on first-come, first-served basis. They can ex expect amenities that are edible. Life-size chocolate confections, Wonka's candy sweets, a chocolate uh, bar bed with marshmallows, uh, and cotton candy what? clouds and more. What would you bite into? What's your thing? Not the bed. Are these things unwrapped for us? or can we unwrap it so we have that security of knowing that we did it and nobody else has touched my chocolate? never eat all that bed in one night. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm not trying to eat the bed at all. Man, you get the room, eat anything you want in there, and then get another Maybe room. Maybe it's like a slab of chocolate you can just take off the bed and then sleep in the actual bed. Oh, no, it's still oh, gross. I don't know what to do say. Heavens, life-size Only uh, wrapped candy. Halloween there, rules. Right? Sorry, what? <laughs> Life-size <laughs> confection. But can you imagine it? Wasn't that the big thing as a kid? Willy Wonka going to that darn factory yeah. and all the things you could do. Like, I don't it's know. Cute I don't on think paper. I'm dropping a straw and drinking out of the chocolate uh, Oh, my ripper. God. No. No. No, I'm no not way. doing that. Uh, no, I'd like my ooh. own cup with my own thing where, yeah. You're safe. Just coming out of a nice little tap. Folks, <laughs> Grant will be joining me on Monday's show and coming up on the program. How can we make the holidays more accessible? Leanne Barda stops by to give us some tips on our independent living segment. Looking into the new year, how can we use Todoist, Michael Babcock's favorite app, to create goals mm -hmm. for the new year very easily? We're going to talk about that with him on the Tech Talk. All right. There's so much ahead, boy. On the show, we begin at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully, you'll uh, be there. Check us out. We got one week to go before our Christmas extravaganza, folks. Have a great weekend. Now, get out of here, will ya? Hosts, Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amadan. Reporter, Grant Hardy. Senior show producer, Jeff Ryman. Visual producer, Megan McGrath. Producer, Marianne Dion jones Graphics, Andrew Antonello. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. Control room operators, Daniel Penamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby. Director, Irene Solomon. Manager of live production, Paula Deneen. Manager of operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Director of TV production, Kara Nye. Vice President, content development and production, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. 
Give us your feedback. 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2023. Accessible Media Inc. You'll hear us joke on the show about me and time. I mean, most of us, especially now we have Grant and Bethany on the team, one of the things we struggle the most with is time. Hey, Grant, want you on the show at 3 p.m. Eastern, which is uh, 12, I think, your time? It's just remembering the time differences and sorting that out. And, of course, we figure it out, and most time we're good with it. I'm pretty good with Beth or Jim Crisco if we have him on at figuring out because I know the two hours. I know BC is three hours. I you know where where Grant is. It it's not hard to do if we bring somebody like Laura on from the East Coast. I know the one hour. Mark gets a bit tricky out in Newfoundland sometimes or Kim, but I I don't have to generally do that. They do it for me, especially Mark being an Ontario person. So I know oh yeah, he knows when the heck he's supposed to be. <laughs> All I have to say is okay, Mark. That's the Eastern time, and just give it like that. Like I'm so used to it. What used to be a real problem for me, okay, still is, is when we first put the show on the air, it went on it from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I still, again, this is more than four, four and a half, five, uh, five years later, because the time changed to 2 p.m. Eastern time. I mean, I think within the first year, maybe even, that we were on the air. Um, I still struggle with it. I still try to tell people, yeah, well, we want John at 4.15, uh, 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 sorry, 3.15. <laughs> the top of our second hour, it's 4 p.m., but uh, 3. So wait for it, because you'll hear it sometimes as I fumble my way through it and still do it, and I think still will forever. I hope people find it endearing. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.